Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 13 of Charmed. Bride and Gloom. Not the Leo and Piper wedding episode. Yeah, yeah. Also, even though they refer to the wedding in this episode as being the wedding from hell... Not the episode Wedding from Hell, which was in the first season. They're really teasing us with the whole Piper and Leo thing. Like, they are dragging the subplot out for the whole season, basically. Oh, man, since I knew going in that this wasn't the Piper-Leo wedding episode, I didn't think about it, but you're right. Like, for somebody watching this show as it's airing, like, waiting for the wedding, that must have been really annoying in the TV guide. Mm. Wow, it's pretty (laughs) jerky-charmed. I'm actually kind of surprised that it wasn't the uh, season finale. The wedding? Yeah, although I guess that makes sense because there's really only so long you can drag that out. Yeah, also, I mean... We needed to die during it. Oof. Well, no, well, we're not there yet, but she didn't actually need to die during that. I don't think they knew when they filmed the finale that Prue was going to be killed off in between seasons. Yeah, as we will discuss when it comes up, the season ends with Phoebe trapped in hell... And Piper and Prue may be dead, both blown through a wall. Well, but it definitely seems like Piper is the one who's dead at the end of that episode. Which is weird because, you know, she's not the one that Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty were feuding with. She's like the one actress that was safe there. I mean, Holly Marie Combs, based on what I've seen, seems to be very good at getting along with her cast members wherever she goes. Mm. And, I mean, that's a skill. Yes. You like to think that the actors on your favorite shows are friends, but... Honestly, I think that's one of the reasons that one of my favorite podcasts right now is The Office Ladies. Because Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey are best friends in real life. Which is weird, because that's not the dynamic their characters have on the show. (laughs) That's true, that's true. Maybe that makes it more believable. Mm. I also like to think that the Friends friends stayed friends. I, th- I think so, too. I mean, it could just be, uh, although I guess it probably wouldn't be a money thing because they all made so much money in the show, but the fact that they're all constantly appearing in each other's shows and stuff makes me feel like they probably at least kind of got along. I mean, even the TV show episodes with Matt LeBlanc playing a fictionalized version of himself mm-hmm. had an episode where the joke was that nobody from Friends would guest star on, on his new show, but of course, all of the Friends came in to <laughs> say no. And then, and then the the joke at the end is that the only person he could get who would guest star was Gunther. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's sad because he died recently. Um, I I heard a story about Friends though that uh, Courtney Cox, uh, when she when they started the show, she had already guest starred on Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and she told the rest of the cast like, the reason Seinfeld works is because the cast there they like really protect each other. As far as, like, um, not cutting each other down and really, like, encouraging each other's sense of humor and, and mm-hmm. like, just, they, they're, they're a tight-knit group and that's why it works. And I'm pretty sure that was a lie, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that was famous about Friends is that the female cast members, the Everyone insisted on getting paid the same amount. Mm-hmm. So they became some of the highest paid women on network comedy, which is really depressing. But it does speak to the fact that they were all kind of in each other's corners, which is nice. 
Yeah. It's funny, we're talking about shows where it seems like the the people really are friends. As a lead into talking about Charmed. <laughs> where we know for a fact that they most definitely were not. Well, we started with Holly Marie Combs being able to get along with everyone, which is yes, a good skill. Also, no way they would have kicked her. No way she would have been the sister to die. Charmed is Holly Marie Combs' baby in a way I feel like it definitely is not for Alyssa Milano, Shannon Doherty, or later uh, Rose McGowan. Yeah, I feel like she actually has more investment in the show at this point than Constance and Birch. Yeah. Who, who is kind of being pushed out. Also, she's been very, very not flattering to the new show. Which... Well, she was angry about the new show from from Go because it wasn't involving her, and she felt a, a sense of ownership over Charmed, and that's fair. I mean, I, I yeah, she was the only one who showed up for the series finale. <laughs> it's true and hilarious. Oh, also, uh, when we were prepping to do this podcast, you know, back way way back, I decided to watch a bunch of uh, filmed Comic Con panels from various cast members. And, like, Holly Marie Combs and Brian Krause are the two people who will consistently go to your con and talk about Charmed. They're friends with the actors who play their sons on uh, on Twitter, which is very cute. Oh, that is cute. I saw a thing of uh, the guy who played adult Wyatt wishing uh, Brian Krause a happy birthday. And he was like, happy birthday, Dad. And I'm like, Aw, Aww. That's cute. Wait, including the guy who plays Chris? Adult yeah, Chris? yeah, adult Chris. He he and um he and Brian Krause actually took a flight together, which is kind of funny. Oh, I don't follow them, but I follow enough people who follow them so that I occasionally see stuff from their twitters. Oh, so shall we talk about uh, Bride and Wait? Is it Doom or Gloom? Now I don't even remember. Gloom. Shall we talk about Bride and Gloom? Yeah, let's talk about Bride and Gloom. This, okay. So, I don't think that this is a good episode of Charmed, but this really solidifies some issues I have with Charmed's system of morality. Should we talk about that a little bit now, or should we just talk about that as the episode goes? Well, like, I'm just gonna say, this episode is a great jumping-off point for the massive problem I have with their morality, which is that it is this Calvinistic good and evil is inborn and you can't really change it mentality which is a weird thing that follows through the rest of the show that you're either born evil or not i mean is that not a terrible moral i mean i not not that not that fiction has to be moralistic or like not not some victorian idea that it has to teach or whatever but the idea that you can never become good, that your actions mean nothing. I, you know what? That's what it is. A story where the where the moral is your actions mean nothing is not a story I want to invest in because if your actions don't mean anything, why do I care what the characters do? Mm. I mean, I do, obviously, because... We've been talking about it for quite some time and we'll continue talking about it for some time in the future, but... Yeah, there's, and there's an episode later where the girls find a, a, a baby that's half demon and they have to figure out whether or not to vanquish it. And it's like, okay, so the fact that it has a human dad is the only reason you did you just didn't blow up the baby when you found it in a box on the street or whatever. Yep, they didn't throw it into a death pit. <laughs> 
to be fair, that was also a weird thing where they filled that baby with all of their babies evil. We're talking about Once Upon a Time here when Snow White and Prince Charming filled all of Maleficent's baby with the evil of their baby. So their baby would have to grow up to be good and then threw Maleficent's baby into a death pit. That is an accurate summary of what happens in Once Upon a Time. In case you uh, never heard our Once Upon a Time podcast and are unfamiliar with the show, that's that's what's going on over there. Also, evil in there is like a gooey substance you can just suck out of your heart and shove into someone else's, so. Yeah. It's evil heart goo. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like black mold on your heart. Or venom. Oh, that's much more accurate. All right. Uh, no, I mean, I like your thing because it, it grows is yeah. the point, which Venom doesn't. He's just a weird, horny goo monster from space. Uh, he's he's not horny. The people who write him are. I'm sorry, Charmed. So we open uh, 11 million years later. We open on the manor where Phoebe is watching her favorite movie, Continuity. Kill it before it dies. Kill it before it dies. You might remember this from the episode with the Demon of Illusions, the guy who brought horror movie monsters to life and also incited hate because demons can't pick a goddamn theme in this show. Yeah, and then, of course, Phoebe fell in love with the... I was going to say star, but not the star, the main character. Yeah, the male lead, Billy. Billy, who had been her childhood crush. Probably her sexual awakening, we're assuming. Right, and I don't know how she can watch him fall in love with another girl in this movie and not, like... Want to jump into the screen and scratch Sally Mae's eyes out? Or, I mean, like, I just wouldn't want to watch it. But, um, speaking of, speaking of broken hearts and lost loves... Speaking of ex-boyfriends... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cole appears in the movie and Phoebe's like, Cole, please don't ruin my favorite movie. He's like... No, it's okay. I just wanted to tell you I'm back. And she's like, how are you doing this? And he's like, I learned it from the Demon of Illusions, which A, good continuity, but B, you can you can just learn powers like that? Yeah, apparently Cole can. Apparently he doesn't have to kill witches to get their powers or steal them from other demons the way we've seen other demons, people yeah. Yeah, get powers. Uh, huh. Yeah. That's... In, I, I I know the show doesn't end up really doing anything with this because Cole's powers are just really vague, but I do like the idea that you can legitimately just pick up other people's powers by studying them. Also, apparently he was bros with the Demon of Illusions. I think that tracks. Uh, because wasn't the, the Demon of Illusions, that was when Cole was wreaking havoc, right? No, I think that was pre-Cole. Oh, okay. I think. I can't swear to that. So, so yeah, so he's just bros with the demons of illusion. Demon of illusion. <laughs> or he was. Right, right, right. So, uh, he tells Phoebe that he's back in town, and uh, then opening credits. And you'll remember last episode, Phoebe told her sisters that, uh, oops, didn't vanquish Cole, sorry about that. How is that not more of the focal point of the episode instead of the wrestling demon academy? God. Like, that that should have been the A plot. Hey, hey. The CW had to do the wrestling subplot. Yeah, this is back when they were the WB. Oh, well then cut this because my joke won't make sense. Do you think they're running a charity? They wanted to make money! 
Okay, I'm not cutting that because I feel like we should at least mention the fact that the CW has been around since 2006 and has never turned a profit. How is that possible? I, like, do you know how much Riverdale merch there is? I know, I know! I mean... Supernatural was on the air for 40 years. I... How were they not making money? I, I have no answers. I mean... I guess, are, are their shows really expensive? I don't, it, it feels like it has to be one of those Hollywood weird things where you're moving money around so it's like none of your films make a profit. Well, I mean, I'm thinking about the CW and I mean, I don't know their whole schedule, obviously, but I don't think they have any like cheap filler reality shows. Mm. Like, they don't, they don't have any shows that cost like 10 bucks and are just five sexy people in a hotel room it's just it's there's so much merch and riverdale had like its own line of makeup and they've just they've got such a diehard fan base for all of their stuff i mean maybe they just signed a terrible deal with hot topic and hot topic gets the majority of the profit from that merchandise soon hot is hot topic like the only store in the mall that still makes money is every living mall just reliant on a hot topic now yeah, I think that might be true. Um, okay, wait, so, is this all some Hot Topic scam? Like, is Hot Topic, like, secretly controlling the CW and keeping it at a loss so that they can just have IP to make merch of, to sell to, like, nostalgic millennials? And Gen Z, right? I mean... They, they have to be the ones who are into Riverdale or whatever now, right? Oh, yeah, and the Five Nights at Freddy's stuff. Yeah. Okay, we have to talk about this episode of Charmed, but I'm willing to bet, or at least I'm hoping, that in the next few years a documentary will come out about what the hell happened with the CW, because that has to be a fascinating story. Also, Charmed was technically on the CW for one season, so this is all relevant right. to uh, Charmed. Well, it's, it's super relevant to Charmed, because even though I, of course brought up the CW when, as you said, this episode, it wasn't on the CW. Uh, the reason that Charmed had to come back for that very awkward last season was because the CW wanted a show that had history. Yeah, they wanted to bridge the gap between being the WB and becoming the CW. So they gave all of their shows an extra season so that people would be, you know, oh, right, I'm used to watching this network and then i will keep watching it after billy is the main character of charmed or whatever which is yeah unfortunately that awkward season of charmed exists because of the cw i mean that would have been a really awkward note to leave charmed off on though like them faking their deaths and being like and now we all have secret identities hope hope this isn't confusing for piper's toddler age children mommy has a different face now but we're all living in the same house. And oh my god, we okay. <laughs> okay, we we'll, need to save that for when it's relevant. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So okay, I said that uh, what's his face? Betty Cooper's dad was Prue's last running love interest, but we see her leaving a date with Josh, the guy from the Coyote Piper episode, who was friends with Piper in high school, but only because he wanted to bang Prue. And she did reference going out with him. I thought we never saw him again, but he is in this episode, and Prue is so bored of their relationship. I mean, that's fair. We only see him for, like, a second. 
and she's and and Prude just says how he's so boring and predictable. I mean, it took me most of the episode to realize that he's a running love interest. So, like, I, I didn't remember that he was the same Josh from uh, Coyote Piper. His favorite movie is books. His favorite <laughs> spice is flour. So, Prue comes in. She's like. Oh, I've got another date with Josh, but I just hate him so much. He's so boring. And Leo's like, yeah, not everyone can have an exciting boyfriend like me. And Piper's like, what is up with my hair? What is up with her hair? It's like in these weird braids, like little braids. I don't it, know what's going on. It, it's like she went, well, it's like she went for a crew, uh, like a Caribbean cruise and she got her hair beaded, but without the effort. Well, okay, because she has, like, three cornrows in the front, and the rest of it is just hanging loose. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's like someone tried a couple of different hairstyles and then gave up and just left bits of them all there. I don't know what she's going for, but, uh, yeah. So, Piper leaves to go to the bathroom, and... Prue starts unloading on Leo about how it's not fair that Piper's getting married first because she's the oldest sister. Right? Haven't you seen Kiss Me Kate? Taming of the Shrew? Ten Things I Hate About You? All fiction says the oldest sister gets married first. See, it's a joke because they're all based on the same story. Yeah, yeah, I, w I was just thinking... God, Kiss Me Kate has to have aged terribly. I, I tried I tried rewatching it a few years ago. I, I found someone did a rip on YouTube, and I'm like, ooh, the gender politics in this are so bad. Which is true about a lot of things. I, I can't watch My Fair Lady. I can't really watch Bye Bye Birdie, which I love, but also the gender politics in it are nuts. Oh, uh, well, my sister, who is a director slash choreographer, did a really great version of Kiss Me Kate at a regional theater a few years ago. And it's, honestly, it's kind of my sister's specialty to take stuff that you would think hasn't aged well and make it better solely through staging because she's not allowed to change the, the lines with the way they license the musicals. Which is fine because a lot, I mean, it's not fine because a lot, there's... Remember that episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where uh, she joins that musical that she loved and she realizes that all of the songs are just so awful to women? Yep, yep. But they're all real bangers. That's the, that's the issue. Well, I mean, so the thing is when you're doing like a revival on Broadway, you have more leeway because you're, you know, you're, it's, you're not just licensing a show. You're, you're working with creators. You're doing a whole new thing. So I think of Annie Get Your Gun and... That show has some terrible gender politics, but when I saw it on Broadway, when I saw the revival, they had rewritten major parts of it to fix both the gender politics and to try to fix some of the racial stuff in there. Yeah, like in the in the newer version, she doesn't give up sharpshooting at the end when she gets married, mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah, yeah. And I also really love at the end uh, of that particular production when she, uh, Annie Get Your Gun ends for our listeners who don't know i know you know we saw the same production with bernadette peters as annie oakley yeah we did Oof. so good um she's but, amazing i love her but that annie get your gun traditionally ends with annie oakley throwing the match so that the guy will love her mm. um in the new version she misses the first shot on purpose 
and he realizes that she's doing that, so he misses every shot as well, and they both miss every shot. I think that's such a cute ending. It is. I mean, it's probably not going to happen, because sadly, West Side Story didn't do well, which I feel like isn't really their fault. It's just that, you know, the audience that they were going for with West Side Story is more cautious about COVID, so obviously it's not going to do as well in theaters. No, that was a huge mistake. But honestly, if you're gonna if you're going to do a new movie musical version of something, I know this tends to crash and burn a lot, but I feel like you would do best trying to reinvent older shows that have really good songs. Well, I mean, do do Horny Oklahoma. Cause they they just recently did the Horny Oklahoma revival on Broadway. Okay. So just do that as a movie. I'm sorry, charmed. Prue is talking about how how uh, jealous she is of Piper because Piper's getting married first, and Leo's like, "You you were engaged first to that guy that you hated." And also, Piper was engaged. Were, were you jealous of that warlock Piper was engaged to in the pilot? And Prue's like, "Leo, shut up, shut up. I'm I need to be sad that I'm not getting married first because I'm the oldest sister. I got kissed first. I was the first one to see Grams after she died. I got the best superpower, so I should get married first. You're my white lighter, too. Give me sympathy. I'm Jane. She's Lizzie. She can't get with you until I have Bigly. <laughs> so. <laughs> M- meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Phoebe is definitely Lydia running off with uh, Cole, <laughs> Cole Wickham. <laughs> Okay, we can't go on another <laughs> sidetrack here, but yes, I would like to hear more about your AU where it's it's charmed but pride and prejudice. I'll, I'll I'll work on that. I'll work on it. But uh, Hello Pi- Manor has been led at last. <laughs> so a demon shapeshifts into Piper and comes up to Prue and is like, "Hey Prue, can I need a lipstick that you personally have used? I need something that has touched your lips." And Prue's like, "Okay, weirdo," and gives her the uh, lipstick and Piper's like ha, 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 ha. I mean thanks and then runs off shapeshifts into a uh, warlock and he sh- shimmers does he shimmer yeah it's a shimmer he shimmers to uh evil church yeah the dark temple which is nice yeah so he 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 gives a uh, a demon priestess the the lip gloss that has touched Prue's lips so this is the underworld, right? Because I'm getting cave vibes, even though we're very clearly indoors Well, all, all of the underworld is, looks like a cave. Yeah. Yeah, this is the underworld. Yeah, it, but, I mean, we've mentioned before how much they wanted to be Buffy, especially this season. So, yeah, all of a sudden the underworld looks like a crypt all the time. So, the warlock's like, you can do it, right? You can turn Prue evil? And she's like, well... I'm going to marry the two of you, uh, and then she'll be evil because as a woman, she needs to take her husband's morality. Mm-hmm. So she'll be evil, and that will in turn turn her sister's evil. Yep, yeah, she can keep her last name, but she has to take your alignment. Those are the rules. Yeah. Yeah, and, and because she's a charmed one first and a person with agency never her turning evil will turn all of the charmed ones evil 
And then we'll also turn the Book of Shadows evil because the Book of Shadows is also connected to the Charmed Ones. And then they'll be able to steal the Book of Shadows because it won't be protected against evil anymore because it itself will be evil. As will the Charmed Ones who would probably not be super hyped about it. I feel like this plan wasn't thought through. Because you still, I, I wouldn't imagine being evil would make them less protective of their center of power. Right? As we will see later in the episode. But also, we've seen that Phoebe used to have an evil ancestor, and that didn't make all of the rest of the sisters evil. They weren't the charmed ones then, though. I mean... Okay, so... Then... The... And actually, oh, that that episode has some weird implications. I know we're, strictly speaking, not counting it as canon because there are just so, so, so many continuity errors in it. Even though it's never been... Exp- I, I, didn't, I didn't know we weren't counting it as canon. Well, they have Leo's past life as a character during a time period when Leo would have been alive. Ah, time's weird. It's fine. Also, their past lives were also directly related to them. What? I... I... I, well, I, and, and that I associate with being a charmed one, right? Like, you... Your soul is just reincarnated through your family? That's so gross. So, like, you have a baby and you're like, Oh, I wonder if this is Great Aunt Phyllis, or... Yeah. That doesn't creep you out. I, I would be weirded out if I was like, Oh, every new child born into the family is the spirit of one of my dead ancestors. Not a thing they think about, but yeah. Oh no, I, I can't think of that as being a thing. Into every generation, three Hallowells are born. Well, except for uh, for or or uh. three in a spare, just in case. Well, we know Patty is the only. Uh, Graham's only had one kid. Right. Well, so I was saying sisters, but the evil Phoebe was cousin. They was were a cousin, cousin right? Were, all three of them were cousins. Huh. Okay, so I feel like this kind of speaks to something that the... Oh my god, we need to actually talk about this episode. <laughs> We're but, like a minute into the episode. But I feel like we do need to talk about the fact that they killed Phoebe when she went evil. And I feel like that kind of says something about the fact that the line was apparently down to grams. Huh. No, yeah, that's... That is interesting. I suppose it could mean that the two surviving cousins, only one of them got married and only had one kid. Gramps was probably, Gramps probably had to be born by that point though, right? Yes, she did. Okay, so one of them was her mom? Yeah. Okay, but like. Yeah, so just like you said, one of the past lives was Gramps' mother. So one of, one of the girls is her own great-grandmother. God. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, how much, hmm. also in that episode, the reason that the cousin became evil was because she became involved with a man, so. Yeah, the gender politics haven't gotten any better. But anyway, so, uh, the plan of the evil people is that they are going to drug Prue, and then marry her to this guy while she's drugged then they're gonna go into a matrimonial coma for a little bit mm-hmm. while the like ev- you do <laughs> while the evil of her new husband overtakes her yeah i was gonna say permeates but overtakes is better overtakes her and then the charmed ones will be evil 
and then they can have the Book of Shadows because the forces of good will no longer be protecting it. And also it will change to be evil, which is weird because it's like a book women wrote in. Yeah, it's not it's not it, it, it's not a sentient object. Yeah, and also there's some pretty violent fucked up stuff in there. It's just supposed to be directed at demons. <laughs> like I know this isn't the sort of magic they really do anymore, but that thorn spell that they attacked Jeremy with in the pilot, mm, that mm-hmm. was pretty brutal. Meanwhile, Piper has hired wedding planners, even though that's ridiculous because they need to hide the fact that she's a witch marrying an angel and a ghost is uh, officiating the wedding, but they have mortal wedding planners planning the wedding. Because women just want to have big weddings. Yeah, every woman wants a big fancy wedding. That's the moral of television. It comes up a lot. It comes up a lot where there are characters who are like, oh, I don't want a big fancy wedding. And then they end up wanting a big fancy wedding because, I don't know, weird gender essentialism. Okay, actually, I have a theory about that. I'm sorry. It could be witches. No. I'm, I'm sorry to take us on another tangent, but I do have a theory about that. Having having done a wedding, like a big wedding, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't want a big wedding. I just wanted... And I didn't have a big one. I had a medium-sized one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I just wanted something easy and simple. And uh, the thing is, at some point, you're like, well, I have 50 people coming. So I, I just can't with the logistics of this. I need to hire a caterer. I need to get a bigger, like, rent out a hall. Like, I did everything as cheap as possible, but I actually became frustrated at how hard it was to just you know, throw a party for 50 people without kind of going down the wedding rabbit hole. And I have a theory that since that is a burden that is traditionally, usually, borne by the bride in a heterosexual couple, Hmm. men are like, I don't know, she said she wanted a small wedding. Next thing I knew, we were dealing with all this crap! Because it's like, well, that's, it's just the logistics of planning a big party get complicated. And I, I did not like doing that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a divorce and then find someone better and then just do a courthouse wedding. And it was beautiful and perfect. <laughs> there's there's actually a book called Hypocrite in a Poofy White Dress, mm-hmm. which has almost the exact same. It, it, it's a uh, it's an autobiography. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the woman in it talks about that. She, she's not, like she grew up and she's, as a feminist, she's still a feminist. And she's like, you know what? We're not going to do a wedding. We're just going to have a very simple you know, we're, we're just going to do courthouse, you know. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of talks about how a wedding ends up happening to her. And it's the same thing that you said. She's like, so, you know, we're we're just going to have it be a few friends and family. And then family invited more family. And then you need a place to put all these people. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have all these people in this place, then you might as well have tables and you need to feed them. And like... Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't want to downplay it, like... My first wedding was an awesome party, but it was very stressful and not, like, I'm not a person who throws big parties. And our wedding was great. Yes! People people smack-talk courthouse weddings, but... In this very episode, they smack-talk courthouse weddings. But the courthouse we went to was beautiful. Yeah, courthouses usually are, because they're usually, like, the nicest, oldest building in town. Yeah. And... 
that Prue even has, like, a sarcastic comment, like, oh, yeah, well, I had jury duty there last week, and it was lovely. I, I had jury duty at the same courthouse where we got married. Yeah, it's fine. It's a beautiful old building, and I'm sure that the one in San Francisco is really nice. <laughs> right? So, the uh, wedding planners are being very snobbish and condescending, and they're like, so, we, uh, we were thinking about for the uh, for the refreshments, and Leo's like, I like pigs and blankets. And Piper's like, Leo, get your ass into the solarium right now! How dare you like pigs and blankets! <laughs> and the wedding planners are all scoffing and rolling their eyes at him, and I'm like, is that not a normal thing to have at weddings? Like, I mean, I know they're planning a fancy affair, but... And Leo points out to Piper what we said, like, there's going to be a ghost officiating, and don't you want your mom to come? She'll also probably be a ghost. We haven't really established that ghosts can just become solid whenever they want now. Also, even if you thought pigs and blankets were not classy enough for a wedding, which, whatever, serve food people want to eat. Yeah. Before, I realized that for the first wedding, we needed a caterer because I needed somebody who was used to serving large groups of people. I was like, oh, Jim and Nick's barbecue. That's what I want at my <laughs> wedding. Um, but even if you're, even if you're not like that, even if you're like, no, it has to be fancy food. I can't imagine this is the first time that the wedding planners have heard the husband suggest something that's tasty and maybe not as classy as you want. There's, there's no reason for, for Piper to be embarrassed by this. So Prue's like... So it looks like you're dealing with something, but I have to go to a date with my horrible boyfriend who I hate. But you ha you have fun with this. You seem like you're having a good time. The theme in this episode is hating the person you're with, right? That's even like... like... What is this? That New York Times article about how much that woman hates her husband that came out recentishly? <laughs> yes! Yes! Every plot is about hating your partner, right? Piper and Leo are, are in conflict and contemptful of each other prue hates her boyfriend and is in fact going to be married to a demon and now we've got phoebe going off to see cole in the crypt i'm sorry why is this so buffy yeah yeah phoebe is meeting with cole in the crypt because he's back in town and this is you know the last place where they saw each other and he's like phoebe i wasn't expecting you and he was doing the injury thing again. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. You got injured, like, so many episodes ago. You still can't possibly be hurt. And he's like, the whole underworld is after me because that thing I pulled with the triad, remember? Like, I had to kill a guy on my way here. She's like, you're evil. I can't be with you. And he's like, okay, but I'm not evil, remember? I'm half human, and I fell in love with you, so I stopped doing evil things at great personal risk and i want to be with you and love you and not be evil and she's like you can't not be evil you're a demon which again comes back to this weird like why why can he not be evil why can he not choose to be good he's half human okay i'm glad that you said that because he brings that up here too he's like look i was a demon for a really long time and i suppressed my human half but now i'm just gonna be a human and suppress my demon half and I have issues with this because shouldn't being half human, half demon mean like you're just both? Like, I, I, it's, it's not like if you're, I can't think of a good analogy that isn't deeply racist because that's how weird this is. Well, it's like, it, whether you 
whether you are good or evil is is not you know in reality not in the world of charmed apparently in reality it's not an innate thing it's your actions and so why can't he just only have good actions they're treating it like to talk about our other podcast they're treating it like scorpius who being half sebation half scarin has a body that is both too hot and too cold all the time i just if you're half human half demon it means you are both and also your own thing it it, it 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 shouldn't mean like oh i'm suppressing my demon half by only doing good things you should just be a half human half demon who does good things again morality shouldn't be tied up intrinsically with who you are although i get that that's more of a thing in this universe but then it should track more that good actions make you a good like like it it feels like all actions are neutral because both witches and demons you know what? I'm going to save some of this for later in the episode when the Charmed Ones become evil. Ah! It's just later in the show when they are still, you know, when they're still expressly being classified as good characters, they do a ton of the stuff they do when they're evil in this episode. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's so evil, we're not there yet, but the thing that's so evil is that they freeze and blow up Leo, which is a thing that is just... Piper's go-to way of ending conversations with him later. And and they, they turn the wedding one of the wedding planners into an animal. I mean, when they get back later, oh no, I can't believe we did that. That's something you do casually all the time later in the show. Like, there's a bit where reporters are hounding Piper and she just turns them all into rats. Yeah, but because they're inherently good, anything they do is good and not they are good because of the way they behave. Anyway, Prue also hates her boyfriend, and they're out for lunch, and he's all like, wait, I'm way more spontaneous than you think I am. I'm fun and unpredictable. And is this the same restaurant that she was having her terrible date with when in the French Stewart Judy episode? Yes, this is the uh, this is the place that she went to with Dick, I believe. But, uh, ruh-oh, back at the manor, Justin is bumping into Phoebe, but we just saw him at the restaurant with Prue! How can this be? But that Justin was being spontaneous and unpredictable and doing things like ordering wine at a restaurant. Oh my goodness. Must be a demon. (laughs) So Phoebe brings him into the house and she's like, Piper, where's Prue? And Piper's like, I don't know. She's supposed to be at the restaurant with this douchebag. I I like how they're not acknowledging at all that Piper and Justin were supposedly BFFs in high school. Uh, by the way, uh, Justin, um, uh, Demon Justin, Demon pretending to be Justin, is dressed way better than, uh, real Justin. I feel like he made so much more of an effort with everything than actual Justin did. Yeah. So... Demon Justin is wearing Prue's uh, lipstick now that it's been evil. Infused with, infused with scorpion venom is apparently how they made it evil. Yes. So it has been enchanted to send her into a mindless stupor where, where she'll just say yes to anything. And then he's going to marry her and then that's going to make her evil. I feel like that shouldn't be how it works, but... Well, no, again, it's like... it. Doesn't it seem like to turn evil, you have to be, you have to consent to it, even if you're tricked into that consent by, for instance, thinking this is Justin? Yeah. 
or it's, it's done so much better later in the show when Phoebe and Cole get married and he has to just stage a real wedding that happens to contain a bunch of dark rituals. Right. Yeah. And that, yes. Yeah. This, this is going to be a lot better when it's Cole and, and Phoebe. He does that thing where he pricks her finger with the flower so he can drink her blood. Mm-hmm. Cause he just, he puts his, his lips to the, uh, to the rose prick and just kisses it better and in doing so drinks a little bit of her it's so much better done but anyway prue uh prue kisses him and she gets the scorpion venom on her lips which brainwashes her into submissive submissiveness Uh a submissive state so that he can bamf her into the underworld and they can get married yep they're there's they're before the uh dark priestess now who's going to to marry them i have to say uh this show was cowardly to not have him wearing, like, noticeable lip gloss. Just want to throw that out there. Yes. Yeah. So, Phoebe and Piper way more on the ball than they normally are. Yeah, they're like, wait, Prue is gone, definitely, definitely in the company of a demon, let's scry for her right now instead of farting around for 20 minutes. So... The scrying isn't working because scrying is, like, the least reliable finding thing. Why didn't... Uh, I guess it's because it's an object and scrying rules. I was like, why didn't they just try to scry for the Lost Ring last episode? But, I guess. Mm-hmm. It feels like you should be able to scry for more stuff. Who can scry and why also? But we'll get more into that later. But, uh... Leo shows up and fills them in on that whole, like... The priestess can... Uh, Okay, so there there are certain evil holy spots that are, like, blackout zones for scrying. And he tells them that they knew that as their powers grew, so would evils, which... First, no one has, no one has mentioned that before. Also, wouldn't the logical thing be, as your powers grow, more powerful demons will be after you? I mean, you know what, though? I like the idea that because the light and the dark are linked... What... No, go on, go on. You're giving me a look. I like the idea that the more powerful they become, like, that that makes evil more powerful, too. Like, that there's, like, a cosmic balance that is maintained. Oh, but there is. But it's with the mirror universe, where they're also evil but still win all the time. I'm just saying, you're right that this has never been brought up, but I I don't mind it. I like this as a concept. I just feel like it would have been a better thing to have them be like, as you grow stronger, more powerful demons will come for you. Well, I feel like they need to do it this way because everyone knows that they are the Charmed Ones and that the Charmed Ones will eventually grow to be the most powerful force for good in the universe. So, so... See, I don't know about that. I, I know that they're the most powerful force on Earth, but I feel like if they were going to grow that much, the elders would have tried to kill them more. Well, no, that was my point. Uh, uh, if if they only, if more powerful demons only attack them, you know, when they're at the same challenge rating, then, I don't know, that's a fairness I don't ascribe to demons. It would seem like the most powerful demon should be like, oh, they're the Chumnals, we better go kill them now. <laughs> we better kill them while they don't know how to use their powers. Right. Anyway, down down in hell, uh, they're they're dressing the unconscious Prue in her in her dark wedding dress, which you know what I don't hate. Yeah, I, I don't her, hate it as a evil, dark sexy, wedding dress. Yeah, it, it's like a leather bustier thing, and then a like long flowing black skirt with a long cut up the 
with a long slit. slit. And then, like, a black veil. I'm I, into it. Yeah. It's good. It's what evil Katy Perry would wear to get married. There you go. Yes. Anyway, they, they perform the marriage ceremony while she's unconscious, which... I really <laughs> feel like this shouldn't count. <laughs> definitely, definitely doesn't count. The thing is, the marriage plot is a thing. There are... It's, it's a... It's a classic literary trope to do the thing where you trick a woman into marrying you through various, you know, ways. But if she's unconscious, that's cheating. (laughs) Does not count. So the priestess marries them and then is like, let me congratulate you on the marriage with my tongue. And she leans over and she kisses the uh, groom warlock. And he's like, Oh, what have you done to me? And she's like, I want the Book of Shadows for myself. I'm tired of just doing stuff for other people. So I'm using you to turn them evil. I'm putting you in a coma too. And then I'm going to take the Book of Shadows and become the most powerful woman in the underworld. <laughs> I decided I decided to lean in and become a girl boss. Still serving the source though. Yeah. Although, I mean, does the source really have a gender? It's more an amorphous blob of evil that possesses people that have genitalia at this point and gender concepts what do you mean at this point i feel like once the source possesses coal it just coal is the source well i mean he stops being the source after he goes down to the underworld oh yeah that's true Uh, when he goes when he goes to super hell he stops being the source and then he comes back more powerful than the source of all evil so powerful in fact that the only way the charmed ones can kill him is to send him to a timeline where he stayed the source of all evil and then do the source vanquishing spell again. Which, wouldn't he just go back to super hell and then get all of his powers again? Or at that point, was he like, you know what, I'm just going to stay dead. We'll, we'll talk about this when we get to those plots, though. I, I feel like it's it's confusing the issue at this point. <laughs> Any- <Yeah. laughs> anyway, uh, Phoebe's meeting Cole, and she's like, I'm not asking for your help, but have you heard anything? But I don't want anything from you. I don't love you anymore. But seriously, have you heard anything about Peru? And Cole's like, ah, well, it's probably someone after the book, because that's what all demons want is the book. It's what I wanted, you know, before I wanted you. I mean, it's not. You were hired to kill them by the triad, but whatever. Well, I mean, but that was his... I, I'm sure he wanted the book, too. I mean, we know he went after it when he got caught in Prue's demon trap. God, how did they not figure out he was a demon sooner? I know, right? At that point, it's it's not on Cole, or even Phoebe at that point. But Cole's like, look, he's probably taken by, uh, he's probably taken by an evil priestess. This is the address. <laughs> you know, this is probably what's going on. I've... I've got my feelers out, and I'll tell you if I get more information. Yes, here, here she, here's, here's the nine hell church way. <laughs> and then Phoebe makes out with him, and he's like, "Wait, I thought you hated me and never wanted to see me again." She, she like, like can't contain herself anymore. She just like starts eating his face off. She's like, "I hate you. We can never do this, but thank you. But I hate you. Goodbye forever. But don't leave. Just no." I, I, I gotta say, though, this is, like, my favorite construction of love story, so I'm okay with it. I, 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 I hate that, that they send Cole to super hell. I'm all about, I'm all about Cole. 
So, meanwhile, Piper's noticed that the Book of Shadows has become evil. Yeah, now all of the spells are evil spells. So now, like, instead of scrying, there's evil scrying. (laughs) And instead of, like, transformation, there's evil transformation. Instead of how to skin a demon with your words, it's how to skin a non-demon with your words. And, uh... Leo's like, that's weird. Those aren't the exact spells that are supposed to be in the Book of Shadows. And Piper's like, oh my god, Leo, if I have to listen to your voice for one second more. And then she blinks into the kitchen. Okay, okay. I know I just said that... I I know I was just making continuity excuses for the past life episode. Mm-hmm. But he's all like, ah, you blinked. Only warlocks can blink. Even though the first time we ever saw a warlock blink, it was because he had killed a witch to take that power, and only later did they decide that that was a power that just warlocks had. But it is the established warlock teleportation power. It also, this is so nitpicky of me, but shouldn't the Charmed Ones have one of the higher level teleportation powers? Blinking is basic as hell. It's like it's like one of your starter spells when you're a warlock. Hey, it gets the job done. I guess it does. I feel like this is in no way established in Charmed, but I feel like blinking is probably, like, painful or something. Like, I feel like there's a reason you ditch it for Shimmering when you become an upper-level demon, and not just because Shimmering looks cooler. Although Mm. Shimmering does look cooler. I don't know. I mean, they don't seem to be in pain. In fact, they seem very excited about never walking anywhere again. Yeah, Phoebe experiments, and she realizes that she can blink, too. And Leo's like, oh, I think you might be becoming evil. And uh, they're like, huh, that's odd. Do you feel evil? Uh, Do you feel evil, Piper? I don't know. Do you feel evil, Phoebe? Maybe I could be evil. Hmm, let's see who that is at the door. You know what they should have done while they were evil? What? They should have won a bunch of money in the lottery through magic and when personal gain apparently didn't count. And then they would have had that money when they became good again. (laughs) But uh, it's Piper's Wedding Planners. And uh, they have created a whole plan based off of literally nothing Piper has said. They're like, we looked at all of your suggestions and they were all dumb. So uh, we went ahead and did whatever we want. And Piper's like, you know what I want? I know I made fun of my terrible awful fiance for this but you know what i want pigs and blankets and okay okay the wedding planners laugh at her they're like oh that's such a funny joke you want pigs and blankets what (laughs) it's just dough wrapped around tiny sausages what the hell i mean it's not that different from several fancier foods Meat and pastries are as fancy as you decide that they are. Right? I mean, you could just call them mini beef wellingtons. Oh, then I guess you'd have to make pork beef instead of... Oh, yeah. 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 Mini pork wellingtons. There you go. Anyway, uh, Piper turns one of the wedding planners into a pig wearing a blanket. It's super cute. And the other wedding planner starts screaming, which, you know what? I appreciate I feel like on a lot of shows like this, the, when someone is encountering the supernatural, they're like, wait, what's happening? But this woman is just, like, screaming her head off. Like, I think you actually would if someone next to you transformed into a pig. Yeah, yeah. And Phoebe's like, my God, the noise. Piper, you you want to do something about this? And Piper's like, yes, she always did seem like quite the ice queen. And then she 
literally freezes her into a ice block. Okay, okay. So if Piper's power just became freezing people in ice instead of freezing people in time. Also transmogrifying by pointing, I guess. Why did she also get the power to turn people into animals? Like, being evil seems way better than being good if, if... Basically, you just can do whatever you want all the time instead of, like, needing to learn a spell or have that power. Yeah. You basically, you're an expert right off the bat. That's what we see in the first page episode when the source uh, convinces her to turn to evil so that she can punish an abusive stepdad. And she's like, or abusive regular dad, I think. And and she and suddenly... And then she gets giant boobs as punishment. No, that's later. <laughs> and And not related but uh, that's when she was trying to use magic to help people around the office because being good comes with consequences but being evil doesn't outside of i guess being evil but anyway uh the source convinces her to use her powers for evil and suddenly she can use them all perfectly right off the bat and then she decides not to be evil and she forgets how to use her powers god oh but uh we briefly see Prue down in hell, and they lift up the veil for, like, a shocking Prue reveal. And the shocking Prue reveal is that she's wearing heavy makeup. <gasps> the truest sign of evil. Oh my goodness, look at that blue eyeshadow. You know, I actually think she looks pretty good for, for a nighttime look. Barely noticed a difference. But she's wearing, she's got a very bold lip. I'm, I'm a fan of the lipstick that they've got her in. So, oh, also back at the manor, Phoebe turned leo into a literal stick in the mud because he was mad at them for being evil yeah and okay so they can just do whatever those are their evil powers doing whatever you know what's funny is this is basically the buffy episode something blue except intentional Mm -hmm. where every time willow said something it happened like oh if you like spike so much why don't you just marry him anytime she said something off the cuff yeah I like how it didn't work for anything she tried to make happen. But this is, like, even more ridiculous, because it's like, oh, he's such a stick in the mud. Oh, that's genius! Let's turn him into a literal stick sticking out of a pot of mud! What? What's happening? Okay, so, I guess it's good that they're bad at being evil, I guess. I'm just thinking, can you imagine being a translator for this show, where, like, they don't have... That's not an expression. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're stuck with the footage. Right? I'm, I'm thinking about how, like, uh... Leo, you are as foolish as a stick would be were it placed in a bucket of mud. Well, in uh, in German, there's an idiom for, I think it's being embarrassed. It might be being angry. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idiom is, uh, he turned into a snail. Like, uh, and it's like, so it would be the equivalent of... Them turning him into a snail. Right, them being like, ugh. Leo's so embarrassing, he turns into a snail, and then you, as a as an English speaker, are like, what is happening here? It's it, That must be what it's like to watch this show translated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. They're trying to decide who to kill for their first kill, because apparently freezing what's-her-bucket didn't kill her, or, like, uh, so do you want to shatter her, or do you want to stab the pig? And... Oh, by the way, by the way, uh... Phoebe shows up with a single-blade razor to slit the pig's throat because apparently when you're evil, you also all of a sudden have old-timey murder weapons in your house. Like, why would they have that razor in their house? I guess it's an old house. Oh, I was going to say, do you think that's how Leo shaves? 
Oh, I guess it could be Leo's. I mean, doesn't his face just always look like that because he's not real? Because he's a ghost, technically? Uh, he has enough biological function to get knocked unconscious and get Piper pregnant, so. Huh. Alright, alright. Also, white lighters eat. Huh, okay. So yeah, maybe it's Leo. Okay, that, okay, that makes sense. It's probably Leo's. Oh yeah, and Evil Him had a beard. I know Evil Him was a dark lighter. But you but... can just, like, I, I just assumed he could, like, make himself look however he wants so you could just be like and suck all the hair back into his face yeah yeah no but you're right that's probably it was probably leo's razor okay that makes sense maybe he's just in the habit of doing it Ooh, that's interesting huh i I can't imagine he has to eat well if anybody has any theories about how many angels can shave on the head of a pin (laughs) feel free to share them either on our facebook page or our twitter because i am I am giving this a lot of thought right now. But my, the point I was going to make is Phoebe's like, oh, you know what? This is boring. Let's not do this. And that feels like such a cheat to me. I feel like that's such a screenwriting cheat that they were like, oh, they're just going to get bored and not kill these people so we don't have to deal with the consequences of that. Yeah, because Phoebe going like, you know what? I want her first kill to be someone special, not these losers. So they just undo the magic and telekinetically shove them out. Why do you not just have... But yeah, they... they So she's no longer frozen, he's no longer a pig, and they telekinetically shove them out of the house. Yeah. So they... They're trying to figure out what to do with Leo, and Phoebe's like, what are we going to do with the stick in the mud? And Piper's like, oh, I don't know. I think we could have some fun with it. And I'm like, where are you going with this? And then she turns him back into Leo. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Because that seemed like it was going in a weird direction for a second there. But uh, Leo's like, what happened? And they're like, don't worry about it. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we need to find Prue. And... And Leo's like, oh, sorry, the elders just told me, I'm not your white lighter anymore because you're evil now, so you don't get a white lighter. And, Jesus Christ! Wouldn't that be, like, the moment you'd need a white lighter the most when you're turning evil? Because cause he, he, he's getting a jingle, and they're like, you don't answer to them anymore. You answer to us. And he's like, I'm sorry, I've been taking off your case. And Piper's like, why? You haven't done anything bad yet. And he's like you're evil so uh you don't get a white lighter so you can you can get rid of a witch's white lighter by turning her evil against her will well she's unconscious like that seems like a big loophole for killing witches and for for getting them unprotected and killing them shouldn't part of his thing as a white lighter be guiding i know this isn't how morality works here where evil is either something you are or something you're not it's completely unrelated to the actions you take but shouldn't part of being a white lighter be guiding you back onto the path of good yes yes Uh, it just it bothers me how much evil is something you are and not something you do in this show Meanwhile, Cole shows up, and Phoebe's like, ooh, now that I'm evil, let's totally bang. And I'm like, yeah! And and Cole's like, no, no, we were wrong earlier. Now he has the address. It was a theory before. He's like, I think I know what might be going on. He went out, he murdered some more demons, and now he has the uh, information of exactly where they are. 
And he's like, wait, I have to be the good one now. I know that you totally want a bone, but we have to go save your sister who's being forced to marry a demon. And I love Phoebe's like, that is just like Prue to steal Piper's thunder like that. <laughs> Which is great. Also, she's wearing this like white crocheted or knit. No, it's knit. She's wearing this white knit top with a Virgin Mary blue trim. Mm. And she's wearing it over a black bandeau bra. And I kind of like the symbolism of that as she's, like, taking it off to seduce Cole. And, like, she's exposing the black bra underneath. It's 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 obvious but nice symbolism. And then Cole's like, no, no, you can't be evil. And she's like, ooh, how about if I beat you up? And she starts beating him up until he turns into Balthazar. And she's like, that's what I'm talking about. Well, he says, look, he's like, look she's like look we can be together now the reason we couldn't be together before was because we were playing for opposite teams and how now that i'm team evil we can be together and he's like that's not how it works there's no love in an evil relationship remember my mom killed my dad it was a whole thing like for this to work for us to work we both need to be good and she's like i really i'm i'm done talking with you i want you to be balthazar and then she just kicks the crap out of him until he turns into balthazar yes you're, you're right i did skip over the important thing which is that evil people can't feel love which again i'm not sure i want to get on that train but okay <sighs> yeah but it is important for this episode that evil people cannot feel love anyway piper comes in and is like what's all this noise and phoebe's like i was just having a premonition a super loud premonition about where prue is my premonitions are loud now that i'm evil and piper's like yeah okay i don't care enough to dig more into that <laughs> so the demon priestess has now officially turned the book of shadows full evil i guess it was just mostly evil well she was wrapping stuff up i guess yes. while the evil energy was infusing prue it was anyway the Book of Shadows is evil now. The priestess teleports into the attic. This is why you have wards. Well, no, no, see, the wards wouldn't work anymore because now they're evil. Oh, right. And she can pick up the book. This isn't the first time we've seen an evil person handle the book, but normally something has to happen first. Right. Well, and they definitely can't take it out of the house, but presumably she will now be able to take it out of the house. Anyway, they're like... It, it, it's all a trap anyway. Piper and Phoebe attack her when she, as soon as she lands. And they're like, where's our sister? She says she won't tell them. And they're like, oh, good. Then we'll just torture it out of you. Well, she's like, I'll never tell. She's like, I won't tell you. And if you kill me, you'll never find her. And they're like, okay, so we'll torture you. And Piper freezes her hand and then shatters it, which is... It's fucked up. It is brutal. And I want to point out, this is being portrayed as an evil thing, something they are doing under the influence of evil. And it is evil. And it is evil. They torture a lot of demons later in the show. It is like a running thing with Paige that she is constantly torturing demons. And it is not portrayed as bad in that instance. Because demons are evil, so anything you do to them is fine. Unless you yourself are also evil by the arbitrary rules of the show don't love it don't love it anyway leo shows up and is like stop being evil and then the priestess teleports away with the book and piper freezes leo and <laughs> and phoebe kickboxes him to shatter him yeah 
Piper's like, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. Freezes him. And then she asks Phoebe if Phoebe will do the honors. She kicks Leo into bloody ice chunklets, which they then walk through as they leave to go. I guess this isn't in the underworld because it has an address. Oh, I I assumed that that she was just telling them how to find it in the underworld. But maybe it is. I mean, they don't. We know that they get out of there without the ability to teleport. You're right. You're right. So it must just be actually a crypt. Yeah. Yeah. So I I appreciate how, like, bloody they made the ice trunks. Yeah, that was not something they needed to do. But boy, is it something they did. (laughs) So the priestess teleports back and she's like, I'm going to wake you both up, but you'll be under my control. I may be down one hand, but I'm all up one book of shadows. I mean, why would she wake them up at all? Well, she needs them to be her bodyguards for when the charmed ones inevitably come knocking. I feel like it would be better to find a way to do mystical bodyguards in that book than to wake up people who might turn on you. Mm. Or alternatively, leave the area you... I guess she doesn't know that they know where she is, but... Well, yeah, but still, just don't be... Evil contains the seeds of its own destruction. Why don't you just teleport away when they show up? Uh, Anyway. So, Piper and... Piper and Phoebe blink to Prue. Mm Mm-hmm. Because all you have to do to blink is think about where you want to be, and then you're there, so they want to be with Prue. It's weird that Cole had to give them the information about what was going on. And that they had to torture... Well, I, yeah, I, it is, honestly. If they just need to think and then blank. Yes. So, anyway, she... The the Dark Priestess wakes up the demon and... Prue. Prue and they're like, oh, I, I'm evil now. We're definitely gonna beat you up. Prue even says, I'm not your sister, I'm his wife. And it's like, gross. Gross. Also, her power is still telekinesis. Because she just telekinetically throws them. Yeah, but now it's evil telekinesis. <laughs> so they decide that they're like, they're like, look, we all want to, we just, we want to be evil sisters together. So we're just going to kill your husband and then we'll all just be evil sisters together. We're going to take a ride on the divorce horse. Yes, they're going to take a ride on the divorce horse. So the demon shapeshifts himself to look like Prue and then they both blink so that, uh, you know, oh, which one's which? You don't know. Whoa! Don't want to accidentally vanquish your sister even though you're evil, so who cares? And then one of the Prue's says, I love you. And the other Prue says, you too. And they realize that the Prue that said I love you must be the real Prue because evil can't love, therefore can't even say the words I love you as part of a lie. Which, let me tell you something, listeners, <laughs> evil people can absolutely say the words I love you, but also, isn't she evil now? Isn't that the entire fucking plot? <laughs> well, I think, I think this is supposed to be that even under evil influence, there's still some good, but that doesn't make any sense of what they've been doing. What? yes yes also i want to point out that there was a plot earlier in the show where uh prue had trouble saying i love you yeah but that was because she had suffered like tragic loss with her mother also i am ten thousand percent evil people in in the in the um the owl guy episode oh yeah uh uh-huh 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he was a wizard or whatever, but that evil guy said that he loved uh, the lady he turned into a wolf. And that episode where that dark lighter guy was stalking that girl from that 70s show. I'm pretty sure even the original Wedding from Hell episode had a demon being like, oh, I love you, mortal guy I'm marrying so I can give birth to the Antichrist. Huh. We could go back and call it all these instances, and, and, and but I'm sure you're right, yeah. I, I, I might not be, but... So, they kill, uh... They kill the priestess. Or they, well, they, they kill the, the, the warlock who looks like Prue. And then, as soon as she's not married to an evil guy anymore, their regular morality comes back. And they're like, up, we're good again, so let's finish off that woman whose hand we destroyed. And they drop a sick beat and she explodes. And uh, then they go back to the attic and they're all really sad, especially Piper, that Leo is dead. But then he comes back. Okay, okay, okay. They're all sad that Leo... I can't believe I killed Leo! (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. You know there's one way to kill a white lighter, right? And it's not being frozen into ice and then shattered. Yeah, it's with dark lighter arrows. Or, uh, two ways, or an elder can just decide that they want to kill you. Or PMS werewolves, I guess. Okay, there are a few ways to kill white lighters, but being broken into tiny pieces is not one of them, which you think would kind of render at least one of the other. I get dark lighter venom. The PMS werewolf thing is... Well, well, we'll talk about that when we get to it, but isn't it, like, partially because, like, of his bond with Piper? I think it's because they were mad at the elders because they took Leo away... So when they became werewolves under a full moon, it made them want to hunt white lighters. I don't know. We'll talk about that episode when we get there. Mm. Okay. Okay. So Phoebe's like, Leo, I'm sorry we killed you. Yeah, because Leo just walks in and he's like, you know, yeah. I'm I'm fine. Yeah, because apparently everything that they did while they were evil was undone. Okay, why wasn't it just that... That's not how you kill white lighters. Why? You might as well have had them kill the wedding planners if it was just everything you do when you're evil is undone when you're not evil anymore. Right? So Phoebe, you know, apologizes. And Leo's like, oh, don't worry about it. Nothing you do while you're evil counts because you didn't choose to be evil. Neither did Cole! <laughs> right? But also, if they didn't choose to be evil and therefore their evil actions don't count, why did they get their white lighter revoked when they possibly, you know, arguably needed him most? Also, d- d- does that mean that if demons chose to be good, all of the people they killed would get unmurdered? Why no, aren't you? Demons tr- can't choose to be good because they're inherently evil, which is different. But they also didn't choose to be evil. If being born demon means that you're evil, like it's not a what? Wait. Okay. So then Phoebe is like. By the way, I still feel kind of guilty because, you know, deep down, I know I kind of enjoyed being evil. And Prue's like, well, yeah, evil is seductive. Otherwise, nobody would choose it. But and it's like, <laughs> you just established a world where people don't choose good and evil. The only reason you were evil was because a guy drugged you and then married you while you were unconscious. No, I know that, I know that they're planting the seeds here of Phoebe having, like evil darkness inside of her because her past life was evil she's in love with cole she's She's more susceptible to possessions this has been a running thing throughout the course of the show she was born directly over the nexus a power which is neither good nor evil but is destined to destroy whichever one it comes in contact with but all this is doing is 
feeding into the idea that Phoebe will turn evil not because she will make choices that are evil, but because there's something inherent in her that is susceptible to evil. Like, it's, it's, it's talking about it like it's free will, but all it's doing is laying the groundwork for, again, that Calvinistic notion that you don't get to choose. Anyway, also, uh, Piper decides that she doesn't want to have a giant wedding because she realizes that that's a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I, I, re- I realize that a ghost is performing the ceremony. It's weird that they keep on bringing up Leo being a white lighter is one of the reasons they can't have a normal wedding. No, it's the fact that you're having a ghost perform the ceremony. And this is not one of those ghosts that looks like a person until later. Like, I'm pretty sure she has the ghost effect when she marries them. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Then Piper turns to Phoebe and says, hey, where did your premonition come from anyway? The premonition about how to get to Prue. A question that, by the way, hasn't ever been asked. Nobody ever asks her that. Yeah, like, she touched something of Prue's in the house. What? Like, what What a weird question. How is that important at all? But, of course, this is because we, the audience, know that she didn't actually have a premonition. In fact, she... Oh, and hey, now that she's good again, she perceives... Immediately after the episode where she's like, it was a bad idea not to tell you about Cole, she immediately lies and says that, Oh, I just got it out of nowhere. Guess my powers are growing. (laughs) I definitely didn't see Cole. Bye. And then she goes to see Cole. Oh, and I want to point out that she's wearing a jean jacket with uh, cloth sleeves, which was the style at the time. I had one. I did too. I had a Space Jam one. But it looks, it it kind of has a Letterman jacket feel to it, um, which makes me kind of have 1950s vibes, Mm. as in kill it before it dies. Uh. I don't know if this was intentional on the costumer's part, but if it was, just kind of giving her kind of a little look like she's wearing a, you know, 50s boyfriend's Letterman jacket, then good job. So... Phoebe tells Colt, look, I love you. I will always love you. I, 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 I will always love you. But the thing is, you're evil. And no matter what you do, you're always going to be evil. And evil is stronger than love. So I can't be with you because you're evil. And again, evil is forever. You can't change from being evil. And Colt's like, but earlier this episode, you changed morality twice. You became evil and then you became good again. She's like, yeah, but I was good to start out with, so being evil was always going to be a temporary thing for me. Just like being good is a temporary thing for you right now. She's like, something in you is evil and always will be, and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, bye, love you. Bye, love you. If you ever show up, I'll kill you. Bye, I love you. I... And, okay, and then the episode just ends. It ends on Sad Cole standing in a tomb. Well, it ends on Sad Cole being like, I'm not giving up, Phoebe. I'm not giving up. And I... How come how did it not end with Cole saying, I love you? He couldn't even said it, like, because he says, I'm I'm not giving up after Phoebe, uh, he says it again after Phoebe uh, leaves. Why didn't it end with him saying, I love you? That would have been the note to end on. That seems like that was where you were building this episode to. That's obviously the way it should have ended. They couldn't end it that way, though. You know why? Why? Because... In this show, Cole is inherently evil and there's nothing to be done about it. And also, evil can't love. I want to, I know this is just, it was a thing. Like that one episode where it was like, warlocks don't bleed, even though warlocks bleed all the time. Mm-hmm. But 
I want to point out when Cole is possessed by the source of all evil later. He definitely tells Phoebe he loves her. Also, he clearly does love her. Anyway. Also, it's weird that they establish that he is possessed by the source of all evil. And then they never really deal with that. They just act like he's... Oh, you mean the way that that they didn't get... The way the sisters didn't get blamed for what they did while they were evil, but he gets blamed for what he did while he was possessed? Yeah, he didn't even choose to become the source of all evil. He was just the closest party when the when they killed... He's the closest non-charmed one when they killed the original source of all evil. And I guess he had a body that could survive being possessed by the source of all evil. It's weird because the seer kind of talks about how Cole is fighting against the source for the first part of that plot. And then they just don't mention that again. And then they later don't mention the fact that he was possessed at all during talking about his time as the source of all evil. That is weird. Huh. Anyway, the next episode that we're going to talk about is the good, the bad, and the cursed. Oh my god, this is the cowboy one. Yay, it's the cowboy one. I'm excited. Phoebe links to the violent past of an old West ghost town and Prue must save her. This is the one where Prue goes back in time and then puts on a cartoonish cowgirl outfit. That'll be exciting. Oh, also, also she teams up with Cole in that episode. She does. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I love the Cole-Prue dynamic, even though it doesn't last very long for obvious reasons. So the thing is, I don't hate this episode or anything. I know we were racking on it. It's just, it's because it establishes all of these really weird things about... Well, I mean, this this episode is my, my jam, right? Because it's a window into talking about what Charmed is doing with morality. A thing that I disagree with them doing, but that is a fertile ground for discussion. So, this is an episode I like in that it opens the door for that conversation. Yes. It's just, it's... It's, it's just that charm is totally wrong about morality. It's very bizarre choices. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. Let's tap into the powers in our pack. Uh, first up is Premonition. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? No much, one? Much like this episode, there is not an actual Premonition in this episode. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe there's somebody in this episode that uh, a listener wants to tell me, like, actually is a character on a show I don't watch that is a big deal, but uh, no one here that I recognize and looking at their various IMDb's, nobody here that I thought was uh, notable. Yeah, no one really rung any bells here. Yep. Uh, What's our second power? The second power in our pack is Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode? See, that's that's the weird thing. I kind of didn't have anything for this either. I mean, this episode was pretty timeless, except for the fashion. I mean, the fashion always kind of dates the episode, so that doesn't even seem fair. But there was no moment where it was like, oh, this wouldn't have happened if they had a cell phone. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, that'll bring us right to our last segment, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you? Okay, so I don't have a telekinesis either. You know what mine would have been? It would have been cool saying I love you at the end of the episode, but you didn't do that. But you know what I do have? What? An astral projection. Ooh, that's one of our secret powers. Over time, our powers have grown. And one of those new powers is astral projection. What made you cringe so hard you wanted to physically leave your body? Um, the part with the wedding planners. When, 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 and the terrible wordplay of... Oh, I want pigs in a blanket. I'm going to turn you into a pig wearing a blanket. She always was an ice queen. 
gosh, Leo, you're such a stick in the mud. That part is so sweaty. Yeah. Yeah, I. it makes me leave my body. Could have just stabbed them. <laughs> you could have just stabbed them. It would have been undone at the end of the episode anyway, because there are no consequences. Why didn't, why wasn't it just, you didn't have to say that. You don't kill white lighters by freezing and shattering them. <laughs> like. Oh. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. I believe that will do it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook page, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Bye.